welcome to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk with uh, my co-hosts, Glenn Sutherland and Darcy White. Today, we will be talking about the why. Um, very often in uh, the realm of real estate investing education uh, and also in mentorship and coaching, people ask you to reflect upon your why and uh, what's what is it? Where do you see yourself in five years and trying to have a, a, a vision for it as vivid as possible? And, uh, and also what motivates you? So who would like to go first? <laughs> you go, Darcy. Darcy. <laughs> I'll volunteer okay. Darcy. <laughs> that is good because we were talking before we started recording going, well, why do we do what we do? Um, I guess it's a version of that, uh, um, unexamined life question, you know, and um, for me, I think it, my why has been dynamic, like it's changed over time. Uh, in early episodes, you've got an idea how different our age range we are. There's, there's 20 years between me and the other guys. So my why's maybe strung out a little bit longer, but initially, like everyone else, um, I just need to feed my family. Uh, and I thought, this is something I can do. This is something that where my efforts are rewarded. If I work this hard, I can get this kind of outcome and I can assure the survival of my family. I mean, we were chit-chatting about that old saw of, uh, from Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. But at the bottom level, uh, food and shelter uh, is, a, is a good why. And um, then you start building on, on that. You know, other things that um, as you go along, uh, you start thinking, well, what could I do? And some other things leak into this, uh, into your why and start informing your why. Like, I want to I make a difference. I want to change things. Uh, I want to see how much I could do. What are the limits of my mental, physical, spiritual um, uh, gifts? You know, how big could I make this? That's an interesting question for me. Um, how efficient could I get? Um, you know, initially you might do things like numbers. I want to pay my rent at the end of the month or my strata fees, or, you know, I want to get a vacation for my family for two weeks, someplace warm. Um, those kind of concrete ones. And then it, for me, it has moved over to um, less concrete and more sort of esoteric ideas. Um, ideas of, um, you know, how can I serve people better? Uh, so, you know, I could have quit a while ago, but I just keep doing it. And my wife says, why? Um, so she, yeah, well, she does keep me on track. The thing is with a lot of, sorry, I'll cut you off, but like a lot no, of these good. people, you get like, um, if you are successful in this, you are a busy body. And you, for me, my wife is like, how could you stop? Because you need to be busy. Like, I'm like, I'd have to go into the garage and do woodworking. I can't just be a guy that just do nothing or sit in front of the TV or be, you know, play video games all day. I, I just... It would, I, it would, mentally, I couldn't do that. I, I, I need to be busy. I, I, and if you're going to be busy, then do something you enjoy. And ideally something that makes you money, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be like, I do enjoy woodworking. So like I, I, if I was, you know, at some point I'd like to get more tools and more stuff in my garage to is against what my wife wants, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I would like, you know, I, I just, I like doing it. And even still, it, it's, um, if I start woodworking, I don't, I build one chair. I built chairs on stuff for my deck. Right. So I built one chair. Oh, it's fun. And then I build the second and third. And that seems like work. 
<laughs> so it's <laughs> I don't know totally tangent but um I'm a busy body and it's one of those things like what uh you need to replace if you're gonna stop right if we're gonna talk the stop talk like you have to replace this with something else you can't just yeah. do nothing because those are the people that die like you go and you they like oh this yeah. person was so successful and they finally retired and they're gonna go enjoy their life dead <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I th what's the thing from physics? You know, body in motion tends to stay in motion unless it's acted on. But you know, yeah. I didn't pay attention after that first part in grade ten. <laughs> I was more interested in playing music. But I think it's part of it. My wife just says you just have an overabundance of energy, and you know, she just wonders what's next, not if it's what. Um, so I, we we might all share that in common. I'm I'm a very active person, a bit of a pain in the ass, I think. I don't sit down. I don't sit on chairs. Sorry, Glenn. I sit on the floor or on the deck. I just, there's chairs are confining. So, but I might Ari, what's you your why? Why are you go doing Ari, this? Go, Ari. I know for myself, I've, ne I've never been too attracted by retirement, the idea of retiring and, uh, and, and doing nothing. Um, I know that, uh, so there is a focus for my career right now in my 40s. And, and I know I'll, I'll keep, I'll, I'll always be active. And I, and I also think, so I, I think the question of the why and where you see yourself in five years is key, but it's also life is not a dress rehearsal. So when I, when I do a vivid vision, you know, I, and I, or sit down at the vision board, I, I look at the things I'd like to see myself doing and in, in five years down the road, but I, I, I make sure <clears throat> that I do those things today already. Um, like for example, a very simple thing, uh, so I, lo I love going to the sauna and right now it's not possible because of COVID and I replace that with a massage. I take care of myself once a month. I get, I treat myself to a massage because uh, I, I self-care is important. Yeah. All right. Where are we going with this? Um, I, think, <laughs> I think that like um, for, for me too, and I think with everyone, like Darcy touched on it, I think family is going to be a part of this um and there's different branches of this there's like there's the legacy wealth um that you can you know provide for your kids or you could do like the bill gates thing and you could be have wealthy enough to provide loans to your kids instead of giving them money <laughs> um so there's there's that at least just to have that ability right if you're oh your kid has a business you can be the first investor right um and i i like that approach better than just giving your kids a bunch of money and then they don't do anything um there's the time thing um like i know Ari, I just saw your kid just before we recorded. I have kids the exact same age and just to have the, the time freedom to, to see them. Like um, the time freedom yeah. to do this, to do our like mastermind that we, were, we do every Wednesday that, you know, some people have like the, they can't get that time to even, you know, go to improve their own mind. Like the, just having the, the time freedom that this business offers, right? Yeah, totally. The freedom... Yeah. Freedom was really, I've always been intrigued and fascinated by freedom, you know, the concept in philosophy. And that's why I studied philosophy too, because I was always very interested in freedom, freedom of thinking, freedom with my time, freedom to do the things I want to do. And part of me getting into real estate, I wanted freedom from the nine to five, the commute, and also freedom from uh, being told what to do. I, I wanted to have the freedom to decide, uh, be the engineer of my life and... Uh, and take my own decisions uh, where I wanted to go. Yeah. 
Well, I, um, I had this idea that I got, uh, after the terms I got from my friend, Julianne Harvey, she's a children's author. So I have to credit her with this, but she's, uh, one of her ideas was taking care of your patch of the sidewalk. And what she meant by that was the ground that you've been given in this world, that you have an obligation to take care of it. So in a sense, I'm, I'm not free from that, like Ori says, I'm bound to that obligation. And I, I do see that with um, part of my why. So I have uh, 500 residential tenants and about 70 commercial tenants. And I'm bound by contractual obligations and leases and um, you know, uh, bylaws and moral obligations to these people. And I like that. I'm, a, I'm free to set my hours. I'm free to set how much I can work. And instead of nine to five, I chose 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, seven days a week because I just want to do things. So um, part of my taking care of that patch of sidewalk and my why is taking care of these people. I think it's... Um, you know, I, yeah, it's just, it's a bit weird, I suppose, but I feel it um, in the same sense that I have like take, like Gwen mentioned, taking care of your kids. This is that next level outside. Maybe if you draw another circle around that and my patch of the sidewalk includes these residential tenants that I have in commercial leases. Um, and I like taking care of them. Uh, I get something back from that, that that feels great. I used to be a, um, back like 30 years ago, I was a pastor, I was a school teacher, all those jobs were taking care of other people, bringing them along and looking after their welfare. This is the same kind of work. I don't see any discontinuity between the three, three things that I did. It's the same kind of care and attention. And that's part of my why. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it if I was starving. So I got a charge. Um, but that is a big part of my why. And it's maybe the part that's below the surface, like the iceberg metaphor. But it informs the part that people see, I hope. I hope it becomes apparent at some level, but that's a big part of my why. Yeah, it's the same with me. There is a part of me that's doing service. Uh, I, I, you know, I provide housing for people and uh, I want a quality housing and I want their needs to be attended to. And that's, yeah, that matters to me as well in my, my day-to-day operations. Yeah. Yep. I think a lot of people don't even realize that's part yeah. of this whole business. Um, but yeah, there, it is a piece, people business and we are, uh it's it's a it's that's the hardest part and yeah i don't know i'm not sure where i was going with that but uh yeah no but i think you're right it is it is super personal like our why is so personal it's buried in your heart um and the business that we do with people is people it's in flesh it's people on people and when i as soon as i hear things like it's not personal it's just business i know that bullshit is coming but i'm gonna get screwed because it's all personal it's all dealing with people um, and if you don't want to serve people, um, you're going to struggle with, with a why, because I think the universe will push back against yep. jerks that just want to take. So my, I have another why that's a little soft. This, this other why might be yeah. soft to some people, but it, it, it's kind of deep down in me that I've, I've had to, I, it's almost like a, a sense I have to prove myself, um, uh, I, you know, there's been a lot of things in my life, like people are like, oh, you can't do, get be this, you can't go this far in hockey and you have to like prove them. You got to put the work in, you got to prove. And you're like, um, there's, uh, some friends in my life that are, uh, you know, I feel like I, it, it was it's everything. It was just like that proof. Uh, I have to proof of concept. I need to prove that this can go. I need to do this at a high level 
and uh, I, I know it's not really like a, a, a good goal, but it does drive me. It, like, it's not like the really the why, but it is a down force that does drive me to be like, look, I did do it. I did get all this done. I did this much in a year. Um, and I, I don't know that it's, it's in me and I, I, it's not the why, but it, it is a driving force. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I think we have to acknowledge that for sure. Yeah. Um, I have a list, you know, I try not to think of the people I'm trying to beat, but I know them. They're from grade five and grade nine. And from uh, when I was 22, I know those voices in your head and saying, well, listen, I can do this. Yeah. I'm better than you thought I was. I mean, it's part of those are dark motivations, maybe the yeah. dark side of the force. But, <laughs> no, I'm not it agnostic, is. but there's two sides to everything. It does and drive sometimes you. Sometimes the dark drives you, sure. Yep. And it's, yeah. it's competitive spirit, right? Part of it. And part mm -hmm. of it isn't, you're not, they're not even in the same game. But you, yeah. you, you feel you need to be at a certain level. I, I don't know. It's... So do you guys have a sports background? I don't. I'm not, a, I do. uh, I'm not I do. an athlete. Okay, so does this do these things metaphors work for you like sports metaphors because they don't for me? Okay, when I play hockey. I'm just happy skating, like feeling the wind on my face, and I'm happy. Well, that's the way I, I look score. at. I look at hockey a lot different than I used to look at hockey. Now I'm like when my kids are playing and stuff. I, we're out there to have fun. I want my kids to have that experience. I know that the odds of them making the NHL are one in a million. And I is, that is not my goal. I, I used to be on the ice every single day when I was a kid, every single day. And we did like power skating and lessons all summer, all winter, all year round, uh, constant you know, hockey, 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 high competitive, like going through this thing. And it's mentally exhausting. <laughs> and uh, in the end of it, the, the odds of getting, you know, this, this grand goal is crazy, right? It's so crazy. My brother was running the stats because he went and got all the, because um, of the World Juniors that was just on, they were listing um, how many players came from all the different areas and then how many uh, from different AAA clubs and different things. And even if you were playing AAA, I think it was like one and a half percent chance of making the NHL. And that's for being on the top team from your city. <laughs> it, it is like, and then, uh, you know, it was like, uh, if you're playing AAA, there was like, uh, I think it was a 7% chance of making the OHL or the WHL or the QMHL, like to make that level. And that's still being the top player on your team or top player, no, top playing on the top yeah. team. And, um, so really, um, we're going on a total tangent, but my brother's hockey team, he played, like we played AAA, like he and from his team, because we were talking about that, because we we're talking about his story, and um, one player got drafted to the NHL from his team. He used to play Cambridge AAA. And um, he had, I think, three of them that made it to the OHL. Um, and that was, that was from one team, but that was a very, you know, that's pretty successful stats from one team. But he also had Tim Brent on his team who was drafted number one into the OHL. <laughs> so he was a year younger playing a year mm -hmm. older AAA. So it was a bit of a stacked stats, yeah. right? But anyway, um, way off tangent, but uh, I think deep down all of this um, competitive, it, it's still in me. You, know, you, can, you just can't get rid of it. There is, it is, it does drive me to do things. And it drives me like when you hit that wall, when you can't go any farther, 
because that's what they train you to do is you, you hit that wall and like there's you're doing suicides and people are puking right because you'll, you'll you'll go to that point and then you'll go farther <laughs> see whatever you can think you can get to and then go farther than that <laughs> yeah so well or you're a pretty balanced guy a mindful investor how do you balance your competitive nature because you're competitive with your mindfulness and your Mm -hmm. equanimity you're like the most chill of the three of us how do you balance that i i think it's um um it's an interesting way to look at things because you know there is this idea of um you see a lot in real estate investing there is this idea of accumulation yeah and also that you hear people and i i really like people who look at the world like um a place to share and a place where uh, you know there are opportunities and and to give and a place to give instead of taking you usually have this alternative giving taking and um, yeah and I, I think it's important to think of the world of a, as as a place of abundance and uh, and I think that's part of the how I reconcile it all with uh, looking at a you know a place in abundance and and, and sharing with others which is what we're doing right now you know we share about our our you know limited expertise in different fields we're involved in and uh yeah the idea of giving back uh, giving back by uh, providing a service in the community and also uh you know helping newcomers uh, make their own path yeah 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 that's that's good i mean it's complicated there are wise i think Glenn, I think I counted four. I offered up three, and I'm not even saying some of the darker stuff. Um, and or you had two different ones. I mean, it's a kind of a banquet. I think it's going to match each person's why. There's not going to be one, but there's some common themes there that we got. At some level, you got something to prove, or you're solving a question, or you're curious. I mean, that's another one I think about. How could you do that? How could you do that better? And I love that motivation because that's that's really free and easy. It's open to influence and it could be a really healthy one for me to pursue more than imposing myself on something, asking a oh, question. You, you hear that stuff in books all the time. And then it, it's like, you know, to ask how I can do stuff instead of, you know, you know, to, to try and solve these, some of these problems. Right. And mm -hmm. your, your mind starts to get into bigger ideas and you're like, I want to take down this. I want to, I want to yeah. see if I can do this. Right. And mm -hmm. especially it's what, it's what you expose your mind to people underplay that a lot but <laughs> you start reading a lot of these books and it, it gets in your head and you're like why can't i do this stuff why have i got this limiting belief and i can like changing a couple things in my life or just trying to solve some of these problems i can get into some much bigger stuff what is yeah. what is the reason that i don't think i can do that <laughs> yeah yeah it's, oh, that's good uh, all right why don't you take us home yeah it's, yeah. Not, it's very interesting what you're saying glenn about uh <clears throat> there is a lot of introspection you know why are we doing what we're doing and uh and how can we do better how can we be better at it how can i be a better dad a better husband a better investor a better landlord a better all those roles we have in life and how how can we improve at those and i think um this is part of the drive you know getting better and uh, that's that's the drive also behind the, this whole industry of uh, self-improvement literature and um yeah, so thank you everybody for joining us today and I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the, the why and uh, what's, what's driving us and uh, we 
hope to see you next week. Bye bye. Bye everybody.